Welcome back to Cinema Cold. I'm Chris. I'm Matt. I'm Honto. And this week we are covering the Stephen King classic, Stand By Me, from 1986. This is a movie we've all seen multiple times, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. But I had not seen this in a long time. It's been a while since I've seen it from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? This yeah. is one of those weird movies. Same thing like Lost Boys, where uh, I've seen it so many times that uh, there's nothing new for me to uncover in this movie. Unless Grandpa's a vampire killer. Ah, oh, yeah. Um, which blew my mind. <laughs> um, no, but I, in preparation to have like a different viewing experience, I read the book before watching the movie. Nice. So we can talk about the differences. It's extremely close to the book. Okay. I always, yeah, I always remember it being kind of like a faithful uh, adaptation. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Stephen King said it's like, at the time he said it was his favorite adaptation probably because it was so close what's the what's his favorite now i'm shawshank um, night flyer oh yeah yeah no. night flyer Dude, i guess that, uh, i've been wanting to watch that recently but go ahead keep going well i tried tangent i tried finding it uh, to purchase and i guess uh, a lot of the copies are like really bad like i can't remember what it is but the way the frame rate works like the camera will spin around in the movie and everything will go blurry. Like they did a really yeah. weird conversion or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, but about the Stephen King uh, Stand By Me. Oh, I guess Night when Fly- you're talking about Night Flyer. Yeah. Oh, oh I okay. You're talking about Stand yeah. By Me. I was like, it's just streaming yeah. on Netflix. You need to buy it. Well, yeah, just- I was like, <laughs> we all watched on Netflix. <laughs> I looked everywhere. Um, but no, for Night Flyer. And then for Stand By gotcha. Me, I guess when King watched it, um, when Reiner showed it to him, he cried so hard. And instantly went up to Ryder and like gave him a hug, and he was like, "This is amazing, blah blah blah." So, high praise from King. Either that or uh, Silver Bullet. I don't. Know, I got nothing. <laughs> silver Bullet's rough. I don't I like, like silver the bullet. Silver Bullet movie. I, I like, like it because it. it's so stupid. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's one of the worst looking werewolves too. It's a werewolf. Cool. That, it's a werewolf that doesn't even kill using its paw, like its paws, or its. Yeah. Uh, or its <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. Uh, it uses a baseball bat to <laughs> kill. I think tail that, or tail. Yeah, uh, it literally <laughs> or, uses or a its base- charm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's a nice little bit for a werewolf. Uh, I think it pretty much kills everybody it, it comes across. Oh, I guess in the I guess with. Never mind. I take it back. Watch oh, it. Man. Don't worry. He yeah. kills a lot of people with a baseball bat, the werewolf. Uh, yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, I just oh, remembered okay. at the yeah. beginning, he does kill a few people with its Yeah, he kills Lawrence Tierney with it. And his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so stand by me, 1986. Um, let's go and start off with... Let's go... We'll start off with budget this time. Let's play the budget game. Um, how much do you think this movie costs to make? Matt, I'll start off with you. $30 million. Hunto. Four million? Eight million. Where the hell Matt, did I get 30 Matt, from? <laughs> you could have made four standby movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge, that's a big budget uh, kids movie. <laughs> um, all right. So we only have domestic for this one. So how much did this movie make domestically? Hanto, we'll start off with you. 32 million. Matt? 50 million. 52. And I'm guessing, judging for inflation, that's probably close to 100 million. Uh, yeah, you know, where we're at right now. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Where do you think this is at? Matt, you go. 70. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes is tricky every it time is we do very it. Very tricky. That's why we put. Case in for point, movie, those Lost Boys sequels with 0% never saw it coming. 
Yeah. <laughs> but like for a movie this good, I can imagine it having like a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'll go ahead and say okay. 88%. 91%. Wow. Wow. Hanto, did you win all three rounds of that? No, Matt won the the but are the box office. Or no, the domestic yeah, box office. Okay. Okay. All right. That's all I got. Hanto, why don't you take us to the cast and crew of Stand By Me? Directed by Rob Reiner, uh, known for The Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, uh, This is Spinal Tap, and then North, which is notoriously a terrible movie. Uh, never saw it. I've seen it one time. It's really bad. Really? I, I will ever want to cover it on this podcast. Bruce Willis in a bunny suit? Is that right? Yeah, it's like it's like his imaginary friend or something. He pops up in like every okay. every story or whatever that uh, Elijah Wood goes to or whatever. Mm. Um, starring Will Wheaton as Gordy, Toy Soldiers, Star Trek: The Next Generation, and then we saw him uh, not in person, but a couple of years ago we watched that episode of Tales from the Crypt, uh, House of Horror. Oh yeah, yeah. Five, oh yeah. Seven. I think it's the Kevin yeah. Dillon, the Kevin Dillon frat house one. That's an awesome one. That one's very good. That's one of the better uh, ones. Very, very good. He, he's had a resurgence lately with uh, Big Bang Theory. Oh, was uh, he? I never watched that show. I just. He, um he became like he played will wheaton on the show who was okay. like uh sheldon's like nemesis okay and i feel like every time i mean i did i probably watched like a quarter of it but like every other episode he was on there and um i think that gave him a little more of like a another breather into like the celebrity fame i guess and he seems really cool too he's really big into um um i think he's big in the board games if i remember correctly he's like a big uh big geeky dude like a nerd nerd dude yeah, he, uh, did the audiobook for uh, Ready Player One, I think. Oh, did he? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think oh, he did. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think he did the reading for that. Um, yeah, he's like kind of known for being like on Nerdist a bunch and like, yeah, multiple. Yeah, just kind of like that kind of pop culture yeah. uh, icon, I guess. Uh, we got River Phoenix as Chris. Uh, previous episode Explorers, um, and then he was in this um, this Harrison Ford. A movie called The Mosquito Coast. That, that's been. <laughs> I thought that? you were gonna say Indiana Jones Last Crusade. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, Harrison Ford, which is coincidentally that's what I was gonna say next. But uh, uh, yeah, I guess I didn't make that connection just now. Uh, but yeah, Mosquito Coast, which is a Harrison Ford movie, and they are currently date are um, premiering it on uh, Apple TV as like a new revamped uh, TV series. Oh, okay. Uh, I remember seeing this movie back throw. in the 90s. Mm. I've never seen I, it before. I, just, I literally yeah. just found out about it like a few weeks ago when the TV series popped up on Apple TV. Speaking <laughs> of, I'm going to pause really quick, but speaking of Indiana Jones, uh, I, I've been debating going back and watching some of them. I guess all of them just popped up on the CBS app. Mm-hmm. Like all the episodes. Did you guys ever watch that show back in the 90s? I watched only like probably a handful. There's one I remember where he goes into a pyramid and there's like a mummy, like a living mummy or something. Yes, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I like remember the most. But other than that, it's kind of, I just kind of don't recall it. I was, I was remember, okay. Yeah, it was fine. I, I remember not being blown away by it. I remember, and I, I think I'll vouch for Matt when I say this as well, but um, we didn't like when he was like a teenager-ish. We liked the ones where he was a little kid. Yeah, yeah, is that the one with Sean yeah. Patrick Flannery as the teenager? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how they like screwed that up. Like they made it so uh straightforward and yeah, not no, pulpy. No, like, yeah, no like it doesn't have any sort of adventure or action like the movies do. 
Yeah, like you'd almost think it could have, it should have been like a Briscoe County Junior, but Ooh, it wasn't. Nice. It was like a history lesson every episode you watched. Every episode was 85 minutes long. And it was like, and, which historical figure is you going to come across this time? And it's almost yeah. like, uh, <laughs> it's almost like, it's almost like Forrest Gump, but like, uh, as an archaeologist, where he's like, how's he meeting every <laughs> single freaking historical figure across space and time? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I just, it was on, I just saw it last night. And I wanted to mention it to you guys. I was like, man, I should maybe like try and revisit those, but. And yeah. I, also I would don't just know if the movie's gonna go if, if the movie's gonna follow with that that show. Like, what do you mean? Because technically, that show it's is like, canon. like I hate you using that word canon, yeah. but technically, the show is canon I mean, because he he shows up as Indiana Jones in an episode. Okay, so technically, it's a part of Indiana Jones. It's not like it's like a side fan fiction. What was thing. Harrison? Uh, what was Harrison Ford doing in the show? Do you remember? He was playing Indiana Jones. Well, I know that, but like, what was he doing? Was he in an episode, or was he like Shower, uh, showering? Or okay, yeah, that's how he introduced. Cool. It. He's like, he's like, hey guys, and he was like scrubbing his body, and then he introduced and the then adventure. The, no, somebody hands him, somebody hands him the paycheck, and he's like, yeah, like that was, that was it. <laughs> uh, no, he was in like a cabin, and it has some story. I think it was like something to do with the blues or jazz, and he played the saxophone in the past. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the story's told as if it's in the past, and he's <laughs> telling it. Face. And at Chris's the end of the face. episode, at the end of the episode, it's him in a cabin talking to a guy dressed up like Indiana Jones. Okay, and he's got a saxophone. I shit you not. Look it up. Chris's face that entire time he looks so disgusted that like. Well, because was- Matt was like, I hope this plays the canon, and so Matt's hoping that when we go in the theaters and see five, no, I didn't say saxophone. I, hold on, hold on. We're just like breaking sunglasses. <laughs> No, it's, lost, it's lost boys but he's like all out of shape because he's 80 years old like, um but no uh, i i didn't say i hope it goes it follows it i just i said i wonder if it's oh, going I to would. be like if they're gonna factor this in probably the, not. Uh, I, think I would say not. i think everybody's yeah. forgotten about the young indiana jones chronicles yeah. or whatever the hell that show is called yeah and i i don't think i i can't see ford playing a saxophone i don't think it's gonna be <laughs> that wasn't what I was getting at. <laughs> Hanto, take us to the cast and crew. Stand by me. Uh, Sorry. Uh, River Phoenix, also in Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. <laughs> Do you guys ever watch the show? Uh, I heard there's this episode where he's like playing the saxophone. Saxophone, yes. I hope that's in the yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, he has, to get, he has to get it back. Uh, Indiana Jones and the uh, the mystery of the saxophone player. <laughs> saxophone of doom. <laughs> Uh, and then my private Idaho was like a, kind of a recent because it just got put on Criterion. Um, I've never I couldn't get it. into it. I, I picked I it up. It was a blind buy, and I mean, I think we talked about this off podcast, but it's a combination of like two or three scripts that Gus Van Saint had, and it feels like two or three scripts that he had. Gus Van so Sant is very hit or miss for me. Yeah, yeah. Goodwill Good Hunting is an yeah. awesome movie, though. That is a near perfect movie. Pretty good. Huh? Not to, I got to ask you, since you're looking at the uh, cast and crew for River Phoenix, what was the movie that they just recently released that he made that um, they finally got around to editing it to make it work? And they re-released uh, it at, a, I think, Cannes. It was like a couple years ago. Dark Blood, I think is what it's called. Okay. That's um, like his most recent movie. It was from 2012. Uh Basically, dealing with nuclear testing and its deadly effects, the story portrays Boy, played by River Phoenix, a young widower living in the desert on a nuclear testing site. 
living as a hermit, he waits for the end of the world. Now, I want to say he died during the production of this, and that's why it never got it, released. I think that is correct. Yeah. And they, f- they figured out some way to fix it in editing. They, uh, okay. they, they created CGI. 20 face, years later. Uh, CGI face River Phoenix, like in uh, that Star Wars Rogue One. Oh, you know what they did? I think what they did was at the end of the movie, it was like it was like 50 years later, and it was Harrison Ford as an old man. He was in a cabin, and he had a saxophone, uh-huh. and that's how they uh-huh. ended it. And yeah. <laughs> I'm listening. And that's where the entire show's budget went to. Oh, okay. <laughs> Recreating that, that scene from a show nobody's ever seen before. I uh, got Corey Feldman as Teddy. Uh, literally, the previous episode uh, of Lost Boys. I uh, also popped up in Bordello Blood, previous episode, and previous episode, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Also shows up in The Burbs, and I just found out he was in Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys as, like, a main character. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, there you go. Okay. Nice. I'd watch that. I'd watch that. I'd watch that, too. I know you would. Um, <laughs> yeah, on a, on a Coke bender. Probably, yeah. Uh, what? Jer- <laughs> uh, Jerry O'Connell as Vern, previous episode, Scream 2. We just watched him in Tomcats. Joe's apartment and uh, can't hardly wait. Then we got Kiefer Sutherland as Ace. Uh, previous episode, Lost Boys. He showed up in the American remake of uh, uh, The Vanishing. Uh, we watched that recently. I think like a couple years ago, we watched the French movie. Is it French? I think, so. I think it was French. Yeah. Spore Loose. And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, Young Guns 1 and 2. And then we have uh, Casey. Did you ever see Freeway? Uh, is no. that with, with what's her name? Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that with my it. father uh, back in the day. It's a bizarre movie. It's really Isn't weird. Isn't it supposed to be like um, Little Red Riding Hood? Yeah, and it's like very campy. So it's like it's aware of what it's doing. But I feel like sometimes when you're not set up for that awareness of like, hey, we're we know we're like we're like uh, a real meta the, or whatever. Like, yeah, there. Uh, I feel like if you don't know it sometimes, you might view a movie as like, this is really stupid. Yeah. I wish I would have watched it knowing it was meta. But I'll have to look into that because I don't know who directed, but I always remember seeing the VHS at like Blockbuster. Right. Yeah. It was like half the keeper's face. It was like freeway. And... Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Really good description. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Casey Shamashko uh, as Billy Tessio. I think he's, uh, is he one of the, this is the so in this uh this viewing, I didn't realize that most of the kids are brothers with the gang. Like yeah, they have brothers in the gang. Basically, I I only know there's only two of them though. I think it's Kiefer, and then yeah, um, Kiefer doesn't have a brother. Yeah, River Phoenix's okay. character Chris has a brother. Uh, I think eyeballs. Yeah, and then Jerry O'Connell's character has a brother, which is Casey. Uh, um, Chainsaw from Summer School, right? No. Yeah, yeah, it's Chainsaw from Summer School. No, that's his. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. No, but no, um, no that's, that's his friend. That's his friend. Dave. Dave. Yeah, yeah. Dave. No, from Dave's Chase. not his. Yeah, Dave isn't his brother. No, it's he's his, just a friend. His, he's just a friend. friend. No, because he comes down at the end. I literally have this written like, down, Chris. But he was like, "Vern, you were under the porch." He was like, "Vern, you were under the porch," and he yeah. like calls him out for it. Yeah. So how's that not his brother? His his brother's three D glasses from Back to the Future. Yeah, and uh, um, and he's in uh, previous episode three o'clock high. Okay, 
I, I'm keep, keep going. I'm, I think I'm messing okay. this whole thing up. Uh, my first, yeah. It's my first podcast. I can tell. <laughs> uh, three o'clock high. Uh, best known as 3D and uh, Back to Future. I think only one and two. Uh, Young Guns, and then he was in this. Um, I remember this being an awesome episode of Amazing Stories. It's the one where they're in the uh, like the bomber, the Spielberg one. What's it? It's Steven Spielberg that directed that one. Yeah, yeah, and has Kevin Costner as like the pilot or whatever. Yeah, and Kiefer Sutherland's in it too. Is he really? Wow. Yeah, he. So it's more like he's he's the artist, and he's like they they can't land because their landing the gear are, won't. The yeah, the landing gear won't open. And if they land, they're going to kill the gunner that's at the yeah, bottom of the plane that's stuck in his cockpit. So they make that so, Roger Rabbit wheel. It's like, boy, yeah, 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 yeah. And then as the wheel approaches the ground, it's like, ah! yeah. <laughs> he went that way. <laughs> uh, we got that's John, awesome. John Cus- okay, so yeah, John Cusack as Denny. So this is uh, Gordy's brother. So yeah, they all have brothers that pop up here and there. I, I think with exception to Corey Feldman's character. But John Cusack, uh, 16 Candles, Better Off Dead, Gross Point Blank, and Being John Malkovich. Then we have uh, Marshall is Bell. Is this our first as... Cusack? I'm sorry. This is our first Cusack, isn't it? I feel yeah, like I it is, so. yeah. yeah. I like it is. Uh, actually, the only episode we've never released, Identity. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, that never got released? No, nope. we never finished it. Nope. So, oh wow! I always thought it was just Ernest. Remember, it just ended was abruptly. The only one they got. Oh yeah. So you have identity. No, Ernest it doesn't stupid. end abruptly. Yes, it sure does. Does it? No, it it ends. But are you talking about when one of our co-hosts had to leave? Yeah. He stuck around for it. It's just it's it's like I remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. Well, anyway, maybe, 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 maybe we revisit. Uh, maybe we revisit identity for John Cusack month. No, we're good. I, dude, I rewatched we Identity once. a few months ago. Identity is a solid flick. I will back that Better up. being all right. I mean, it's not like 100%, but yeah. Go ahead, keep going. You keep doing Marshall that Bell, Marshall Bell as uh, Mr. LaChance, which is Gordy's dad, uh, best known as from Total Recall as the person that houses Quato. The, See, uh, the reactor. I always The first thing I always think of him as is the gym teacher in Freddy 2. Yep, that's yeah. why I have that. I down. always think of that. Yeah, right too. And then and that then... new commercial with Yogi the Bear. Is have it? you seen that? No, no. It's this commercial where this family, like a real live family, is out having a picnic, and then like, oh my god, it's bears and Yogi Bear. Like the cartoon shows up and they start <clears> eating, <throat> and everybody runs away, and then they come out after the bears have already left, and Marshall Bell's like the grandpa. And they're like, Grandpa, you can come down. The bear's left. And he's like hanging from a tree. He's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, man. I got to like look True at story. Now. Uh, <laughs> wow. But he also pops up in another Verhoeven, uh, Starship Troopers. He's like the panicking officer when it's like, they sucked his brains out. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> And then I also had written down Airheads. He's like the guy that's like, I think he's the SWAT captain, I think. Dude, I sometimes that pops in my head when he's like, uh, when he's like talking to, um, he's talking to Michael Richards. Yeah. About his wife. He's <laughs> oh, about his wife. Yeah. He's like, yeah, and I come home and I throw my underwear on the floor and there's one tiny skid mark and my wife gets all upset. Michael Richards is like, he's crawling through the air vents listening to the Yeah, story. with a machine gun. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, Brendan Fraser yeah. month right there. Yep. Uh, Bradley Gregg as Eyeball Chambers. Um, 
previous, previous episode, episode previous episode nightmare on elm street 3 the dream warriors oh yeah and then he uh he fights river phoenix in the last crusade yeah the beginning but he has he has orange hair though i always remember that he's got yeah. like the snake and stuff and the cross. Yeah. uh and then richard dreyfus as adult gordy cinematical tv episode jaws close encounters what about bob mr Hall- mr holland's opus so mr, Ke- mr. kevin dorf's tribe you know what uh, some, mr uh... indiana jones saxophone <laughs> <laughs> some trivia for this uh, i hope i hope uh, originally, it was going to be actor David Dukes in the role as an older Gordy. Wait, isn't David Duke like the leader of the KKK? What? Wait, who did you just who did you just say just now? Hold on. Now I'm no, gonna man, like. He, he made Matt very nervous. <laughs> no, because I was like, did I really fuck that up that hard? Uh, no, David I, Dukes. Okay. Who is I this? Don't know. I don't know if he's a leader. No, not the same David Dukes. You look up the picture of David Duke. You've seen him before. Okay. There's a guy named David Duke, and he's the leader of the KKK, basically. Yeah, okay, so yeah. So this has an Grace, S on it. Topher Grace played him in uh, Black Clans. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so, David Dukes was originally going to be the actor in this movie, and he uh, actually filmed. I don't know how much of what he filmed as far as the Richard Dreyfus stuff goes, but you can see him pretty obviously in the wide shot in the opening uh, shot of the movie. He's in oh. the Jeep. And I, was, I remember watching it this time, and I was like, that does not look like Richard Dreyfus." And as the shot got closer, uh, the next shot got closer was Richard Dreyfus. Okay. So then I read up later that David Dukes was uh, hired to do the spot, but then fired afterwards. Okay. Interesting. And, okay. I guess, and I guess Rob Reiner went to high school with Richard Dreyfus. Okay. Okay. I think I read the same article you did. Of, um, yeah. Yeah, of all this trivia. Um, so it's actually kind of similar. And if, if you guys, if this is common knowledge, forgive me, um, with the movie, her, how they re-recorded that. Have you ever heard that oh, before? Yeah. Um, I might have refresh. So it was originally, memory. it was Joaquin Phoenix. And then it's the girl who plays the, uh, precog from, um, minority report. Yeah. Murder. Um, yeah. So it was her and she did the voice and it did the entire movie together. And I guess when they edited it or whatever, <clears throat> Um, Spike Jones. He realized he didn't like their chemistry, so they hired Charlie Johansson to come in and dub over all her lines. That sucks. That so, sucks. Yeah, but I mean, the movie is really solid. Was it so? It worked. Yeah, something Samantha Morton or something. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Oh, so. oh, okay. I knew that is. Yeah. Oh wow, Mur- that sucks. Murder. Yeah. It's a red ball. Yeah. Dude, you went about a movie that holds up. That movie doesn't, is doesn't hold baller. up. It does. I don't think it. Okay, last time I watched it, I wasn't too into it for some reason. But I remember liking it a lot the first time I watched it. Yeah, I don't know, maybe it was just one of those weird. Like I wasn't in the mood for it at the time. Sure. I mean, sci. Oh. I would say out of all genres, sci-fi is the hardest genre for me to get into. Oh really? Yeah. Like I think it's because it's so. I was talking to my wife about this about how like like Star Wars. Yeah, it's like it has to be really good for me to get into it because I don't really like science fantasy as much, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just hard for me to like I brought this up on the show before, but hard for me to like get my mind out there and be open attached to the story. Yes. Matt, open your mind. But speaking of which is total recall. Oh, no, that's, that's the awesome. glove. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Benny. 
Benny. <laughs> Screw yeah. you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have to give it another try. But go ahead, Chris. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Uh, can I ask that super off topic? Yeah. Okay. Did you guys buy any movies off Prime Day? No. Just out of curiosity. No. no? Nope. Man, they had some good ones. They had uh, I bought that Alfred Hitchcock collection. Hmm. That uh, that fifteen movie one with like all the. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was like forty something dollars. Holy um, shit, that's cheap. I, on Blu-ray? Yeah, yeah. Um, got right, upgrade. Score. Upgrade was a few bucks. Oh, cool. I got the upgrade. Insidious collection, Invisible Man on 4K. Nice. Um, I'll tell you a really random purchase. Um, so they have the entire like Garth Brooks just put all of his vinyls out like it's a big box set. Um, it's usually like hundred and fifty dollars, and for Prime Day it was like seventeen dollars. Oh wow! And so Garth Brooks collection. It's in the mail. So uh, really? does it include, does it include uh, music by his alter ego? Uh, what is no, it? No, that would be uh, Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines, yeah. Chris Gaines. <laughs> <laughs> I did see uh, they had a Spike Lee box set that I was going to buy, but it was on DVD. I, yeah, but still, it was like and it had do the right like eleven bucks. Yeah, it had to do the right thing in it, and I was like, ah, well, like Criterion has that, like yeah. I want all the ones that uh, I think Kino Lorber has the rights to, mm. like in a collection. Mm. Dude, Prime Day super stressful. So they had Twin Peaks as like a lightning sale, yeah. and it's getting ready to go off Netflix, and we're almost at the end of season one. So I was like, I want to buy this. Mm. As soon as it went live, it was sold out, yeah. and so I was like, all right, I need to be quicker. So then the entire Twilight Zone on Blu-ray was like thirty uh, something dollars. No, so I was like, so really. So it goes live and it tells you like 4% of boxes, yeah, 5%. Yeah. And I'm trying to put it in my cart. And it's like 6%, 8%, 9%. I'm clicking on it. And then it was just gone. It was, it was like a oh, thousand yeah. copies shipping to Chris. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> They're in the mail. No! <laughs> <laughs> you know, open your wallet, Chris. <laughs> open your wallets. <laughs> then Chris is on like one of those stories where it's like on, on Yahoo News. And it's him. It's like man buys thousand copies yeah. of Twilight Zone. He's like man, man hoarding all copies of uh, in known existence. <laughs> man forced with... to give, forced to uh, you know donate to. Yeah, <laughs> man with teeth buys all Twilight Zone episodes. What's a man with teeth? <laughs> it was just back as a callback to your joke with teeth. Oh, so, oh pause. Uh, yeah. pause your pause. press. Yeah, man with hands him. buys. <laughs> So that was my t- uh, random tangent. Uh, let's go oh. into the movie. That Stand sucks, by, man. All right, go ahead. I know it was rough. Um, so Stand by Me it starts off with Richard Dreyfus. I'll tell you what, right now, get go. I'm glad we watched um, um, the baseball movie, Sandlot. Uh, I'm glad we watched <laughs> Sandlot first. I know, right? Yeah. I was thinking it the this, entire time. It takes a lot of things from Stand by Me. You got right. the narrator, who they could be both you, Richard Dreyfus, for all I know. And then you have the Epilogue. dog scene. You have a dog scene where they have to fight a dog. Yeah. Um, then you have like you the can... end where they like disappear. Yeah. And then they like you kind of like fight, figure out what happens to them later on in life. Like there's a lot of like similar. They both take place around the same decade, too, I think. Like so, this is yeah, 59. Yeah. And I want to say like, what was Sandlot? It was it 63? 62, 63. Was like, yeah, I thought it was something 60. I mean, that's still pretty close. Yeah. Then you got the throwing uh, up scene, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, 
It's nice. very in, similar. In storytelling time where they tell, I mean, not that they're related, but you got the forever part and then you got the yeah. uh, Lord ass part. Yeah, that's actually, those yeah. are a lot more comparisons when he's than talking I thought. About Ray, yeah, when he's talking about Ray Brower and he's like, he's like, he got hit by the biggest pickle on the, <laughs> on the, on the railroad tracks. Oh my God. <laughs> um, he got himself poor, the biggest pickle he's ever gotten into. Poor, poor kid. <laughs> All right, so I had, a leech, off. I had a leech stuck to my pickle. <laughs> it's actually uh, so. Uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't hear that. No, I didn't. Damn you it. Go ahead and repeat it if you want. Or should yeah, I just listen to it? I'll listen to it uh, when it goes live. <laughs> uh, so, Stand by Me takes place in September 1959, and then uh, Sandlot is summer of '62. Pretty close. Okay. So yeah. So yeah, I mean, I yeah. still like Sandlot, but after watching this, I'm like, man, I totally forgot how much it kind of just was like an updated version of Stand By Me, which is fine. And I mean, that's comedic, cool. I guess in a more family, lighthearted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the movie starts off. It's Richard Dreyfus, and right off the get go, they tell you that River Phoenix's character. Yeah. Is dead. So this is what uh, the part I was talking about. How like I don't think I see this in, from beginning to end in a very long time. I totally didn't even realize that this movie opens up with Richard Dreyfuss and they just flat out tell you that uh, uh, River Phoenix's character is just dead. Yeah. I thought yeah. all that happened at the very end. So I was just like, oh, wow. That was like really telling you. First, like 10 seconds. They're like, yeah, yeah it's like it's like local lawyer dies in diner knife yeah. fight or something, yeah. whatever. Um, so Richard Dreyfuss pretty much narrates this. And I forgot how much he narrated of it. Like it's not just like a um, like a, a beginning and end, end book end. He yeah. is throughout this whole movie, yeah. um, and his narration is awesome. This I really do yeah. enjoy it. Um, yeah, but yeah. So basically, it's about these four kids, and this movie is so quotable because I feel like you just go through every scene and just quote it. Um, but it's these four kids that hang out, and I guess they all have their like certain identities. You have um, Gordy, who's kind of like I don't want to say like the normal one, but like he's like the straight man, I guess, of the yeah. group. Yeah, and then yeah. you have Chris, who's Joaquin or um, River Phoenix, River. and he's kind of like the bad boy of the group. And then you have Jerry O'Connell, who plays um, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vern? I can't. It's Vern. 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 Um, so you have Vern, who's kind of like he's like the, the guy like, they kind of play, pick play on. by the play by the book type. You know, yes, follow the yes. rules. Very. Um, I you know what? There's so many times I actually related to him in this movie. Uh, like at yeah. one point, like they're like, all right, we can stay on the tracks or we can cut through the forest. And then it was like, let's do it. And then Vern's like, no, let's just stay on the tracks, guys. And like, I probably would have stayed on the tracks. Oh, yeah, dude. Like when we were kids and uh, somebody buried your box of 90210 playing cards out in the woods and you <laughs> spent all summer looking for it. <laughs> you bring up the story like every other episode. Man. <laughs> dude, it is the weirdest. It's hands down one of the weirdest stories that like I can tell about I my childhood. I actually remember sharing the story. Because it sounds like a stupid dream. <laughs> like... That was your guys's. Um, uh, that was your guys's like summer. Uh, that was our know. stand by me. Yeah, the time yeah, we found just... <laughs> some trading cards in the and dirt. Was like, give me the box of nine hundred two one R. Give me Sharon Doherty. <laughs> uh, so Vern is kind of like the dorky one, and they kind of pick on, but he's still their buddy. Yeah. Um, and then you have Corey Feldman who plays um, I Teddy. Think of Teddy. it, Teddy. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy Dukakis, and. Is that it? Daddy Duchamp. Teddy Duchamp. Duchamp. Yeah. Daddy Champ. Who's Daddy Dukakis? Is that even a person? 
Are you thinking of uh, like the politician Dukakis? Yeah. I guess. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and Corey Feldman's character is kind of, you can tell he has a rough upbringing. Yeah. Um, because his dad doesn't really treat him right. Um, you know what's odd? This is ear. Yeah. Which is insanely haunting. But this is the first time yeah. I've watched this. And I've noticed at the very end, he brings up his mother. Mm. And he's like, yeah, when I get home, my mom will blah, blah, blah. He never brings up his mom. And not like this is like any revelation or anything, but like, it's just weird. I've never caught, he doesn't bring up his yeah. mom to the whole movie. It's all about I think dad, the whole thing dad, with dad. the dad has to be with like, just everyone talks about, you know, the, the, the person that went crazy. He's just trying to like save the family name, I guess, or the, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, yeah. And the, um, a uh, little bit of difference in the book. It, he has a hearing aid. Oh, instead of a burnt, like yeah. a melted ear, basically. Hmm. It's interesting. Okay. I was, uh, um, I was well, yeah, he, he, he has a melted ear, but it's like he has a hearing aid as well that he carries oh, in his, like, his chest pocket. Okay. Oh, kind of like uh, Freddy Six? Yeah. 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 Carlos! <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking during this movie, is this Corey Feldman's best uh, acting role? Um, I'm who I think so. Oh, wait, throw a curveball there, Hanzo. I'm gonna say, yeah, like, he is awesome. And actually, um, I want to answer your question first of all. This cast, like, this cast is awesome, man. They are, I believe, I believe everything, and I believe that they're friends. Yeah, I buy it. Yeah, um, it good. is awesome. But as far as Corey Feldman's acting, I might say, yeah, yeah, I think I'll, I'll, this is probably this is best. I'll say, honestly, I'm gonna say Goonies because he stands Goonies out. Yeah. on top of all of those kids and he's like different like roles. He, the, the way he pulls those here. lines off like yeah, yeah i mean for his age too you know he's doing you like, look at uh, like kiss me hey yeah <laughs> like but like he's I the gotcha. funniest one and like uh like you look at him in like uh friday four yeah um and it's him and ice cube and <laughs> no <laughs> Like and he went method and like shaved his head for the role of Jason. So he, be, yeah. he could become Jason. Yeah. But he just kind of, he just plays a, like a kid. He's just a kid, but like, I feel like he stands out really uh, strong in the Goonies. Yeah. So I'm going to have to say Goonies. It's tough. He's pretty, he's pretty good in Bordello blood. Yeah. He's got that black hair. I remember he looked cool with the black hair. Did we like Bordello blood? Uh, I want to say, I, I want to say yes. But then I'm gonna probably listen to the podcast. Like this movie's not good, you know. I would watch it again though. It's one of those think, like yeah. weird. I think I was yeah. dunking on it the entire episode. Yeah, but it was also like during the beginning of Cinema Cult where we were super like whiny and we're like, we, like trashed like everything. Yeah, you know it's trash. Like I think I dude go back and listen to the the They Live episode. Oh, I haven't for some to that reason. One in a long time. Dude, for some reason, I trash They Live, and I really? love that movie. I don't wow. know why. I think I was just trying to add a dynamic, a different dynamic Get out of here, to the poser. podcast. Yeah, I was like, man, I love that movie. I was like, why am I talking so much shit about it? See, that's why cool. am I sounding so whiny? <laughs> What's cool is that the order we get as as we go through these podcasts. Like, if I'm here, not like above, we'll just say like I'm over on this plane. You guys over here, I like everything. You guys are coming over towards me. You guys are kind of like, hey, it entertained me. These people put effort into it. I don't have to bash this. I don't think it's yeah, bad. Okay, but it's different. It's different. You'll start off an episode off air, and you're like, "This movie's this movie's shit." And then you'll get like you'll get to the movie. You're like, "A plus. I would watch it again." What movie? <laughs> what movie? What movie? 
And we'll go See, down the list. There's two many now. Pick one. There's too many pick now. One. There's too so many. You don't problem, have an problem child. I think problem child. A plus. <laughs> two. I don't think I can pizza, watch this movie. This pizza movie sucks. A plus all around. A plus. Um, yeah, I just if I find entertainment in it, that's the the movie's job. So so stand by me. We got these four kids and they're hanging out and they they hear about a body that was like a, I guess is it a kid their age or is it just yeah? A I think it's a twelve year old, isn't it? Twelve yeah, year old. It's a kid. Well, they're is twelve it? and thirteen. It's a kid their age. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so basically, this kid got hit by a train, killed, and nobody's found the body. And so one of the boys hears that they know through mouth of a mouth that they know where the body's at. So this whole movie is centered on these four kids taking this trip and going to find this body. This is going to be their, like, I don't know, like their chance to be kind of like heroes, I guess is the way they're portraying it. Because they talk about how, like, yeah, we're going to be famous. Like Corey Feldman's like really into it. Um, So yeah, they come up with this really good plan where they like, you tell your mom you're we're gonna camp out in my backyard and we're gonna do this and put this whole plan together. I'll tell you what, every line of dialogue in this movie is not wasted. I feel like yeah. every scene, yeah. Um, it's like yeah, it's very interesting. It constantly builds, like it's constantly developing the characters, and you get to like get that mix and match of like uh kids interacting with other, you know, it's like the group dynamic basically it makes you yeah. like really believe that they're actually friends and actually in this i would have yeah i would have said it's a very tight script but dude the book is basically all these lines okay yeah like straight the like almost like all the dialogue scenes are directly from the book like almost word for word which was kind of a surprise. Like, I felt like I was like reading the script sometimes. And I was like, really? oh, yeah. Like, like I, I knew what the next yeah. character was going to say. You can, like, I was like, flip the page. You could like envision the scene uh, in the in the book, whatever, the short story. You could like envision yeah. what was going on pretty much. Yeah. Um, and I think their chemistry or just the casting in general really brings those lines to life. Because, I mean, they're good lines, but like with the wrong cast, they could have been poorly done but that's with any mm. movie so that statement completely disregard everything i just said uh, mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. so i see um mm. so while we're going through this our main character is will wheaton he is going through the death of his brother that happened i guess recently i think it was like Eight. um i think it's at least three to four months i think it's april okay. this is september right yeah it took place in april of that year so, so it just like happened five months or something yeah Okay, so it's pretty fresh, and then they keep cutting back to like these these flashbacks of like his parents kind of ignoring him. Um, this moment he has with John Cusack that me and Matt used to act out as we were kids. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. I, used to pull the, I used to pull the hat down over his face and be like, "Hey, where'd the lights go?" And then I'd be like, "Oh, yeah. and then, and then is, I'd Matt, out, like, is Matt the John Cusack character near the Gordy?" Chris? No, vice versa. Vice no, I'm, okay. the Mar- I'm the Marshall Bell character. Where I walk in, I'm like, the wrong son died. Yeah. You find, your, <laughs> yeah. You find the canteen? <laughs> yeah. So you found it. You found Why it. Why can't you have friends like Denny's? <laughs> God. This dad is brutal to Corey. thief and two thieves. Feels so, yeah, a thief and two. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think he calls them thieves, right? A thief he says and a two thief, thieves. A thief and two thieves, basically, yeah, just calling the other two friends like weak or whatever. Yeah, uh, he stole dude, the milk money. He's a thief in my book. Dude, dude, your Marshall Bell impression is awesome, man. <laughs> it is really good. 
I'll do it. We uh, will maybe Marshall Bell requests an episode that we do on the show one day. <laughs> um, can you do the line where he talks about when the moms they're having dinner and he's like, Oh, he's like, maybe your girlfriend will be here tonight. See, that's and... the problem. He doesn't need to be thinking about girls, he needs to be thinking about the big game. <laughs> we need to get uh, I wonder if there's a movie with Marshall Bell starring Marshall Bell and Ted Levine. That would be primo oh. territory for Matt. Dude, oh, you want to talk about talk about Matt going crazy in his room? <laughs> <laughs> While he's unemployed during COVID times and he's talking like Marshall Bell and uh, Ted Levine back and forth. <laughs> yeah. So, um, not, Gordy... not based on a true story. <laughs> oh, <at God. laughs> all. So, especially Gordy... if like two, two like puppets, one is yeah. Ted Levine and one is Marshall Bell. You should get a job. No, you should get a job. <laughs> get a job. Good you job. get a job. Cross the nail. <laughs> See, there's your problem. <laughs> That's your problem. You're weak. You're weak. <laughs> Put the fighting. lotion on. Put the fucking lotion on. <laughs> like, this is so... Start the reactor. <laughs> Why can't um, you have friends like Chris's? <laughs> Why can't you have a job like Chris? <laughs> oh, my God. All of us are calling you candy cane. <laughs> <laughs> that was me at Christmas time. Candy cane. <laughs> like, uh, another candy cane. <laughs> oh my gosh. Man. Um, okay, so Gordy, there's a lot of connections between Gordy losing his brother <laughs> and then going to see this body. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't realize it's the first time. And I mean, I'll just jump to the end real quick, but like when Gordy sees that dead body, like as every viewing before this one, I haven't seen this movie in years, but every viewing for this before this, when he's talking to the body, Gordy's like, it should have been me. It should have been me. And then I didn't realize at the time, but he's talking about, he's like relating it to John Cusack. Like he's not talking about this boy they just found. He's relating it to, it should have been me. And he starts like breaking down. Mm -hmm. And it's a very powerful scene. I just realized that for the first time, that like connection, because I always thought he was like legit talking about that boy. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. But to go back to the beginning of the movie, um, the four boys, they uh, they make like the whole movie is just them going to find this body. Um, I mean, it's a short movie, but like a good hour and 20 minutes of it is them traveling. Right. And there's just insanely memorable scenes. There is the four of them taken off and they realize they don't have any food. And so they sit around and they all take change out of their pocket. And like, even this like scene like makes me crack up. Cause they're like, all right, like 52 cents. And then they're like, burn seven cents. And like, <laughs> even like the delivery, like everything that comes out, like I laugh at everything in this yeah. movie. Um, so uh, Will Wheaton goes and he goes to buy food. And while he's gone, the rest of the kids hang back out at this um, um, junkyard junkyard. Thank you which is very reminiscent of like a Sandlot type thing. Mm -hmm. And by the time Will Wheaton gets back, um, this dog chases him, which they think was bigger in real life, but it wasn't. So it's like kind of a little puppy. They get across the fence and then the guy, the junkyard owner approaches them, kind of calls him out. And then he really lays into Corey Feldman's character. And if you want to talk like a scene, if you had to pick like a scene to describe like Corey Feldman's like best acting moment, this scene is awesome. This is um, just, I mean, I'm not saying the enjoyment of watching him break down, but like, I yeah. believe him. Like, it really yeah. hits. It's a really sad scene to watch. He's like, is Vern, 
Oh, go ahead. Is Vern the only one that doesn't cry? No, Vern cries when he's crossing the railroad tracks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he's crawling. They all cry in this movie, yeah. Yeah. Did you read the trivia about the crying? No, I I saw one thing about the trivia, and it was at uh, the railroad tracks, what we'll get to, but you can can say it. Uh, There was one about uh, River Phoenix, like his scene where he's crying at the tree when he's standing guard. Oh, okay. Um, I guess Reiner sat down with them. And he's like, he's like, I want you to really think about a time an adult let you down. And like, he really got into his head and he started crying. And he's like, all right, roll it. And then he got him like to really, like, that's some really good directing. That's insane because that's another scene. Like River Phoenix, when he's crying and he's telling the story about the lunch money, Mm -hmm. it is like intense. Like, and this is like a 14 year old kid. And like, I am totally buying everything he's saying. Um, yeah, I'm there's not jumping a, around I, all no, over. No, but I know what you're saying though. Is like there's not a moment where I'm not believing any of these kids' like performances in this movie. Yeah, you know, like they all sell it really, really well. Um, and it's like, I mean, kid acting is that's a hard it's, thing to do. Really tough. Really, yeah. Really tough. Okay, okay we've so all, since we've all lied to our parents before at one point, so we yeah. know how hard it is to pull off like. That you didn't regular do acting. something. Yeah, regular <laughs> acting. <laughs> Lying. <laughs> Lying. So um, okay, since we're talking about the cast so much, can we talk about how good of a bad guy Kiefer Sutherland is? Oh my god, yeah. For some reason, I also thought he was like kind of way more terrifying than he is actually is in this movie, even though he is pretty terrifying. Yeah. For some reason, I thought he was like uh uh sometimes they come back terrifying, like okay, like yeah like ready to kill at a moment's notice type type uh villain or whatever but sure in the end it, it was nice because i mean not nice but like it was interesting watching this but it's like almost like treating the uh you know you were watching these kids the four kids go on their journey and then you have the gang and then you start realizing like oh these the gang is like they're also just kids like just a little bit older than the brothers or the uh yeah. you know whatever you know they're still yeah kids but yeah you kind of realize like oh they're not really tough per se but like um but yeah you just like yeah just viewing them as like another separate group of kids looking for the body for their own sort of redemption in a way for sure yes now this this is something though that's added in the movie is like all this like stuff that happens with ace and his gang like uh they never have an interaction on the street with the yankees hat taking um that's an yeah, awesome you don't scene really, too. Yeah, you don't really see anything that's going on behind the scenes while the kids are looking for the body. There's a moment like you don't. There's no mailbox baseball. Okay, or like carving the with a snake or whatever. Yeah, you make me screw up the S. Sorry, I already had my F bomb for the episode. I see, you did. said it. You said it twice already. So yeah, keep going. Too, too you know, many. That's weird. That's weird. Are you saying that um, that scene where? they take uh, Gordy's hat and it's like really emotional and he's like really upset. And then they throw Chris to the ground, um, uh, Phoenix's character, and they put the cigarette and Kiefer puts a cigarette up to him. All I kept thinking about was Horace with the candy bar from Monster Squad. Eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rudy. Rudy, eat it. (laughs) Eat eat up. Is that what he says? (laughs) Rudy. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I think I like the added scenes of Kiefer and his gang because yeah. I mean, essentially, <laughs> it's a it's a 
it's a journey for them as well to yeah. go because i think they're trying to um you know they're this this uh notorious gang in the town or whatever i think they're trying to uh because they were talking about like if we find the body we'll be on the radio and they'll they'll also see them as heroes basically so they're trying to do, yeah. like they're basically trying to find a, the body to kind of like clear their names in a way i can see mm-hmm. that i think that's fair yeah um to go back to the four kids though as they're traveling um i'm probably gonna get a lot of this stuff out of order um, but as they're going, we do have the railroad scene, yeah. which yeah. is super well done because the four of them are going to cross the railroad or they're going to go down this cliff, walk around. It's going to add like a whole extra day to their trip. So they decide, all right, we're going to walk across this railroad. Uh, do we know when the next train is due? I know. Let's just go. So all four of them start walking. And then just the way it's done is when they're crossing, you can see like in Gordy's mind, like, yeah. I think I hear it. And he puts his hand on the tracks to feel it. And he looks over and he sees all the smoke coming out. And it's like slow motion. He's like, train! train. Yeah. And it's it's such a good, like, intense scene. It's terrifying. Even, yeah. It's a really well done scene. And then meanwhile, Vern is just still crawling on all fours. <gasps> Dude, I feel so bad. I lost the like, comb. Yeah, I lost the comb. <laughs> forget it burn um as they're like he's crossed like and his face is like bright red and he's crying and i'm buying it like he looks uh, terrified i love uh i think it's gordy that's uh talking to Vern. he's like we're gonna die you gotta move we're gonna die yeah (laughs) dude and he's kind of like trying to pick him up and it's it's a mess yeah i guess rob the the trivia that I have with the crying, I guess Rob Reiner like screamed at Jerry O'Connell to get him to cry at this scene. Oh so, man, like, put like basically just scared I can only the shit imagine out when he said this time to. Yeah, imagine I mean, I'm going to kill you if you don't if you don't run fast. <laughs> That's just so insane! Like different directing, like with Phoenix, you're like, hey, think of a time an adult let you down. He's like, you got it. Let's act. And yeah. then he's like, let's go! And he's like, <laughs> you are going to die. Ryder's <laughs> <laughs> playing the saxophone in the cabin. Yeah, I like um, this. Um, so, no, I'll- and I guess, like, as a technical standpoint, I guess how they filmed this was uh, the kids are all played by, like, young women. Really? Yeah, like, the stunt doubles are, like, young women. Uh, for like the long shots and when they did close-ups they shot it with a 600 millimeter telephoto lens wow so the train so basically it flattens the image and it looks okay. like the train's right behind them I've when actually there's this huge significant significant gap between them and the train i've, I've seen interesting trick, uh yeah. with the, that type of camera and like a uh a plane that's landing there's people on like on a road runway and like the plane's landing and it's like looks massive in the background like it's about to hit them but it's like yeah. nowhere near where they're standing at all. It's Interesting. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty Sorry, neat, actually. So that's all the trivia I had for that scene. So the kids, obviously, they all survive and they decide to move on. And if I skip a scene, let me know. But I'm going to go to the camp or the night they camp. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, so they end up camping one night and they ask Gordy if he'll tell one of his stories. And I think it's probably, as a kid, it was like the most memorable scene. Yeah, I would um, say so. Because this movie within a movie, uh, Gordy tells a story about this oversized kid uh, who enters a pie contest. Everybody makes fun of him. They tease him. 
And to get back at them, he drinks a whole bottle. Like, I didn't realize this when I was younger either. I thought he was drinking liquor. Yeah, um, me too. It's like, uh, yeah, some kind of like cooking oil or some kind of Cast- oil. Yeah, castor oil. Oh, castor yeah. oil. Yeah, yeah. And then he, and he breaks the so, egg. Yeah. And the, the look on his face is like, oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> well, the sound effects when he goes down and he sits down at like the table and he eats all the pies and he gets up. It's like, boom. Oh, the, like, dude, I, I made note of the sound effects. I was like, yeah, these sound effects are fantastic. Dude, the sound yeah. effects are great. Um, but yeah, he uh, his revenge is he throws up on the guy that was making fun of him, and that guy throws up on someone, and that guy throws up on him, like, and then the lady man, throws up her man, purse. Old man Willie's uh, puking all over his wife's tits. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a great scene, and it's so memorable. And it is like the type of story a kid would tell a bunch of kids, and it would be like, yeah! Like, they yeah, end this, completely outrageous, they end it, you know? so, yeah. like, stoked, yeah. Yeah. Um, but dude, that, well, and it's even another kid thing is when they end the story, and then like, then what happened? And he's like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "Well, what happened?" He's like, "I don't know. Maybe like, went uh, home and celebrated go, some cheeseburgers." Yeah, cheeseburgers. And like, <laughs> and like, oh, he's like, cool story, like lame ending. Yeah. And I like, get such like a little kid thing to yeah. be like, oh, but that's, that's like a nod to um, that's like a King. Stephen King Stephen King nod because yeah. Stephen King's supposed to be notorious for telling bad endings. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, but they make the same joke in the second uh, movie of It, mm. when the author shows up and Stephen King is like, Bro. he shows up in that store and Stephen King runs the store. Yeah, and yeah. he's yeah. like, he's like, oh, you're didn't an like author. You read your books. And he's like, I don't like your ending. Yeah. Was, so that's another oh, yeah, nod to that. that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay. I do like, uh, uh, I do like Burns because they keep debating like what the ending is going to be. And then Vern's like, uh, like, did he have to pay to get into the contest? Here, it's uh, just one thing I don't understand. He's like, just like he's just like, he's so like no, Vern, he didn't pay. He's like, oh, that's a great story. I like that. Great story. Great <laughs> the make story. or break thing. I love that. Yeah, it's like the make or break. <laughs> did he pay to get in the contest? <laughs> so, it's so good. Oh, wow. He might be my favorite character. Oh, he's like, awesome. Especially coming up. I think it's coming up, but when they decide to stand guard for the night. Yeah. He's got the gun. It's like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they all take turns uh standing guard and it starts off um I think Corey Feldman takes guard first. Yeah. And he's like very military about yeah, it. Yeah, military. And then it cuts the Vern and every sound is like <laughs> and like you hear him, like, like moving cricket, the gun and like cricket or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh and then it cuts to uh Chris, who's Phoenix's character, and he pretty much tells Gordy who can't sleep about this story where he stole lunch money and he admittedly did it but he's like why am i always accused of this um he he kind of like puts himself in his place kind of like hey this is who i am i don't want to be this type of person mm-hmm. uh and then he breaks down crying and it's such an emotional story like and his acting yeah. just sells it because it's so good correct me if i'm wrong here it, he prevented a shoplifting event basically no, he stole milk money and he tried to return it. Oh, okay. And the, and the teacher Basically he returned like, it to said he never did. Re- yeah, she pocketed it, bought a new blouse with that's, it, and that's what never it said okay. he returned it. So gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay, okay. So yeah, he did steal it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I so guess they, like the rest of his family is like notorious as being like a bunch of low life. So it's kind of like yeah. he's just now kind of forever doomed, uh, mm-hmm. being like grouped in with them. I guess so. Well, it's cool, too, because the way they talk about it is, like, he talks about how he just feels like he's doomed, he's going nowhere. 
and Gordy's like, well, why don't you try to take some of these? Uh, <clears throat> I can't remember what kind of classes he calls them. Pre-college um, courses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he was like, hi. He's like, I'll never get into this, blah, blah. And at the end of the movie, you're like, yeah, he did take those pre-college courses with me. And he became a lawyer. And like, Dude, that's cool. This is like, I mean, I have to jump ahead, but it's like the one of the saddest endings, I feel like. It is. Being bummed out at the end of this movie. We'll get to it, but yes, yeah. I totally agree. Um, so I think this next day is, I mean, obviously it's going to continue on their track, um, but I'm going to go to the swamp scene. Is yeah. that too far? Is that pretty? Yeah, no, that's fine. Because it's like, it. we, yeah. have the, we have like the deer scene, which is yeah. not much to say there. Uh, I mean, I don't have any like, but yeah, I think they, I think they basically that. wake up here and then they're continuing on the tracks and then they they comment. I think Chris or somebody comments on like the the view, and they're like, "If we cut through here, we'll get to the body faster." And then they decide, like three of them decide. Vern's like, "Oh, I want to go along the tracks, basically." So they cut through and they end up at the swamp where shenanigans ensue. And oh, speaking <laughs> of, not in a um, fun way. <laughs> um, that. To go back to that previous camp scene, I had this note written down. I didn't even think about it. Uh, when they're all smoking cigarettes, they're smoking cabbage. Hmm. Oh, really? Don't know how that works, but that's what they had. So that a, uh, we should yeah, try, we should try this or... sometime. It sounds horrible. Um, so, and the next day is what Hanto is setting up. They go through the swamp. From did you read about the swamp at all, Matt? Did you read about? Okay, this? so the swamp. I know. Uh, Corey Film made a comment about this in an interview later on but like they they made a fake swamp out in the woods so the kids like knew what they were getting into but they dug it at the beginning of summer out in the woods and then so by the end of summer it was probably just a, a regular swamp it, they basically made a regular swamp so, so, so the scene that they were there in the water they actually just ended up getting covered by leeches anyway yeah right? probably <laughs> like yeah i think i read that too and Corey thumb was like yeah and it was like we made it and he's like, and then after six weeks or whatever, he's like, nature took its course and then kind of like retook it back, you know? Um, so they get into this swamp that they think is like two feet high and they end up all diving head first into it. Cause it's a lot deeper than they thought they have fun. They kind of tussle around and as they get out, they notice on Vern's neck that he has a leech on there. They completely freak out. These are not real leeches, by the way, I did read that. Um, but they start like freaking out and they're like tearing these leeches off their body. And then Gordy finds one in his underwear and he pulls it out with like blood running down his fingers. It oh, is a, and nice. I buy him when he's like crying. He's like, Chris, he's like, Oh, he's like, Oh, Chris. And like, you could tell, what? like, you could tell he's like terrifying. Yeah. This is the scariest part in this whole movie. Oh, um, yeah. but like, I guess this is based on a true story. This really did happen to Stephen King. Oh, the leech thing? Yeah. Did not know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so after called, this... And that's what he ended up calling the Langoliers. <laughs> the Langoliers got me. <laughs> it, was, it was originally called uh, Leech By Me. And then they were like, that movie sounds stupid. He's like, Stand By Me? And they're like, that's better. Here's a lot uh, of money. <laughs> Wow, that's Stephen King. Wow. <laughs> um, speaking of, uh, they tried. Stephen King really wanted to use the original title of the body uh, for the movie. I like that. But title. I guess the producers thought it sounded too sexual or like too like um, steamy, kind of like the body. Like, and it kind of does. Yeah. Like, 
Honestly, sounds... this is I don't like the title a lot. Oh, a lot. I don't like the title very good. Um, <laughs> no, I don't really like the title The Body. Like I don't, okay. I don't know. It seems a little simple. I like I mean I really do dig Stand By Me. Yeah, I like the title Stand By Me as well. Yeah. Um, Which made me think of like uh, a list of movies that have songs as the title of the movie. You know, like Purple Rain, previous episode. Yeah, purple, well, the Purple Rain doesn't count. Can't that the Grease would count? Why? Um, well, Greece, they don't say Grease in, in any of the songs. Grease Lightning. Well, that then it would be called Grease Lightning. Okay. Yeah. Lean on me. Uh, Pretty Woman. Uh, um, the substitute. Really? Yeah, that song. It's like hot for teacher or something. He's like, he's like, hey, everybody, hey. Toot toot! I'm the substitute. Toot toot! Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know what this song is. <laughs> I'm the substitute. Toot toot! And then they're all like, they have the train whistles like toot toot. <laughs> so dumb. Party Bad boys. Like, Party feels like you had a substitute teacher that like would enter the room and be like, I'm the substitute. Toot toot! And you just wearing like a train train conductor hat and everything. It was Tom Berenger from oh. Substitute. Yes. Mm. And Ernie, Ernie and when he couldn't do it, Ernie Hudson would fill in for him. Well, Ernie Hudson was the principal. He yeah. liked to cover all of his bases. And also Two the dead two. guy. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, are we supposed to know that, or did you just ruin that movie for me? Dude, it came out... You ruined oh, the movie for 25 me. years ago. I didn't ago. know that either. I don't play that. How is he the bad of, guy? I guess he's we'll not a good principal. For, I guess we'll have to cover for the podcast. No need. We know the ending. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. It. Oh, okay. Oh, you got me back. <laughs> cool. Nice. Yes. <laughs> that was your selling. Point. I knew that was a game changer. I was holding that in my back pocket. Um. So after the swamp thing, Gordy passes out, and he wakes up, and Chris is like, "All right, maybe we should turn back." And Gordy is like, "Is determined. Like, he's like, we're not going back. He's like, we're going to keep moving forward." And I think this is the end of the their trip right here. Right? Yeah. yeah. They, they, they get, get find the body here. Right? Yeah. They get to the tracks. The wind's blowing real hard, and they know this is where it's at. Like, all right, well, you cover this, I'll cover this, et cetera, et cetera. And they find the body. And when they find it, the lines that Richard Dreyfus says are so like hit home. He was like, he's like, I can't remember exactly what he says. He's like, the boy wasn't laughing. He's like, the boy wasn't crying. He's like, the boy was dead. And then like, yeah, you see, like, dude, the brush. It's really my favorite my favorite line was uh it knocked the life out of his body it knocked him out of his kids like it knocked the life out of his body yeah 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 Dude, that's a really good yeah, line that's a very memorable line um I, I i now i don't know the trivia who did this special effects on the body i don't know okay i thought that I just was somebody know, from what i read is that the kids weren't allowed to see the body until they filmed it oh so really? i didn't know that yeah um so Gordy, this is where Gordy has his breakdown, where it's pretty much about his brother, about it should have been me, et cetera, et cetera. And this, at this point, if he has his breakdown, Kiefer and his gang show up. And Kiefer pretty much says, hey, we're taking the body, we're calling credit for it, and they're not going to let him. So they have like this back and forth altercation. Altercation, is that the right word? Yeah. yeah. They're like a confrontation. Yeah. Um, confrontation, that's what I'm going to use. And then Gordy kind of saves the day by shooting a gun into the air. Yeah. And then this pretty much scares Kiefer off and his gang saying, you know, like, 
we're not taking the body. What we're going to do is no one's taking the body. We're going to leave the body here. Um, so after Kiefer and his gang leave, they end up making like an anonymous call, anonymous call to report the body. Yeah. Now, did they do they do it or does the gang do it? They do it. I think, I think I don't okay. think the gang does it. Yeah. yeah for some reason, I, I had I thought I I thought the gang was the one that called it, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, because I, I, I want to say in the book it's the gang, but surprisingly too, um, uh, Gordy's not the one who pulls the gun in the in the book. It's um, Chris Chambers that pulls the gun. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then like when like when Gordy makes the call of them like hey no one's taking the body like after the gang leaves. Uh they um he has like this big kind of like fit in the mud about it. Chris Chambers does. He has a big fit and just like completely upset that like they kind of like lost out, I guess. Really? Yeah. yeah. I can't see the gang making the call because I feel like the gang would take the credit. Right. You know. Right. Well, the um, whole thing is the gang can't take the credit because if they say it, then everyone's gonna like everyone's gonna be asking why they were out there. Yeah. Like, so why? why but I can't see Kiefer being like the responsible. Like we'll report it anonymously. Like I, yeah. I just like Kiefer would just be like, well, then I'm not gonna call it in. That's you true. know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So then it concludes with their walk home. They kind of say their goodbyes to each other, and you find out what happened to each character. Like there's a really sad line. Is like, yeah, and is um. The years went by. The uh, Vern and um, Teddy just became faces in the uh, the hallway. Yeah. And like, oh man, that is so depressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but what out, does he say? He says like sometimes people become like sometimes people are like busboys in a restaurant. They come in and out of your life. Yeah, yeah like, I think that's a good line. He says, which is like, oh man, well, that's a gut puncher yeah. right there. Mm. And then um, you find out Vern ends up being like a forklift opter- operator. Yeah, has kids. He has like then... four kids. Teddy. And he keeps going to jail, I think. I think so. That's his whole thing. And then Chris and Gordy, they end up still becoming friends, or they stay friends. And uh, Chris ends up going to college, becomes a lawyer. But then as we found out in the beginning, there was a fight that was happening at a diner, and he kind of like stepped in to show peace, and he got stabbed yeah. in the neck. Yeah, I died instantly. Um, so this and was... Then... Go ahead. No, I was going to say... Okay, <laughs> Gordy, <laughs> you, you said, go, go ahead. ahead, and then he started talking. That's that's mixed signals, Chris. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Well, I was going to say like the completely different ending to this to the the story in the book. But if you're done with the ending of this movie, well, I was going to say, and then um, Gordy ends up becoming a writer or a baseball announcer or whatever you want it to be in this one. <laughs> um, yeah, and he sees the ghost of Chris. Just <laughs> yeah, this movie makes no sense. Uh, so no, Gordy becomes a writer, and you find out that him and Chris haven't talked in about ten years. Yeah, it was like ten years. Um, so I don't know what year it is at the end of this movie. Um, He's our age, like mid thirties. So yeah. they probably fell like a few years after college. Um, but it ends with Gordy as an adult, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, he's typing his last lines of like this book diary. I don't know exactly what he's going for. Yeah, I think say. it's just probably just. But, but I think it's supposed to just be a story, I think, but it's supposed to be okay. Yeah. But I but do like, it, I like this part a lot because it's like if when the kids are asking if he's like can take him to the pool or whatever, you know, he's finishing up that that line and it's about to be a another bad ending to a book or his story. And he types types in that last line, you're like, Oh, good ending. Yeah, yeah, that last line. I mean, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's like, he um, says, um, "Nobody has friends like they were." Hold on. I never had any friends yeah. later on, like the ones I had when I was twelve. 
And then I think he says, uh, Jesus, does anyone? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's such a solid line to end it. And then he takes his son and his friend out and like stand by me, clicks on. And I bawled. I, for some reason, bawled at the end of this movie. It All hit right. me. Like it is. And I think it just hit me because it's so damn good. Like I don't, yeah. I mean, it is sad, but like I think it's a masterpiece. I think this movie yeah. is top notch cinema cult. It's a pretty damn good movie. Like, there's not a single thing wrong with it. But um, yeah. So at the end of the book, uh, they all make it back to Castle Rock. Um, same thing happens with like Vern and Teddy, as far as like their friendship breaks up over time. Okay. Vern and Teddy both die in their twenties. Oh. Teddy Vern, and Vern. Oh, really? Yeah. Vern dies in a house fire, and Teddy dies in a car crash. Oh my god. Yeah. And then, like the same same fate happens uh, to Chris Chambers. Um, but one thing that was kind of added in the book that I don't think it would have fit in the movie is all four of them get the shit kicked out of them by Ace's gang. Like basically, it, it gives you like a sum up of like following uh, the weeks following the days following after the incident. You know, Ace and uh, uh, eyeball chambers beat Gary's the shit out of Gordy. <laughs> yeah. They all like, basically mean, just, they all beat the shit out and break their arms and stuff like that. And like, wow. and, like, yeah. Um, I'm not surprised because at the end of this movie, Gordy pulls out a gun and he makes these like older kids go away. Like Gordy's got to know like, Hey, yeah, I'm probably going to pay for this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're going to see him sooner or later. How they, they stole his hat earlier. So it's like, what the hell are they going to do with him afterwards? You know? Yeah. And right? as for just walking down the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, good point. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I think the movie ends off perfectly where it should, but then like, mm. that is very realistic. Like what happened to the yeah, gang I like and the, the kids? I honestly, yeah. I prefer the movie's ending because sure. I, I like that. Like, I think it'd be a weird kind of like, yeah, I don't think it'd be too weird, but the movie ends with um, very honestly, I feel like, because that line mm. he says at the end of his book uh, is like halfway, th- is actually halfway through the, the story. Oh. And it's such an awesome ending line, yeah. you know, that like you don't have friends like you had when you were 12. And it's like, yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's but, um, so let's go ahead and rate it. Um, okay. So I was on this tangent of watching these really good movies back to back to back. We watched A League of Their Own. Yeah, dude. Then, I started that the other night. Awesome movie. Yeah. And then we went straight into Stand By Me. Awesome movie. And then we finished off with the movie that was acclaimed, but it wasn't very good, was um Days of Heaven. Oh yeah, that's a uh, Terrence Malick, isn't it? Or yeah, the Terrence so, Malick. That room. Yeah, I think that's Terrence Malick. Yeah, I was not a fan of that. Um, really? What did you so, not like about it? It was nothing happened. It was boring. Not I enough narration and the uh, not enough not enough kids in baseball. Yeah, um, yeah I just kind of get into it. I thought it was it, it had the good bones of a movie, but I felt like nothing yeah that that movie was so panned that terrence yeah. malick didn't make another movie until thin red line in like, like 98 years 99 really yeah. took a so that was 78 so yeah probably about 20 yeah. yeah yeah so anyway i was on this roll of watching these really good movies and that kind of ruined it but i feel like a league of their own and stand by me was such a good double feature because they were so like solid movies i think i'm gonna give stand by me 100 percent I think this might be the movie that I... Wow. Um, I think, like you said, I don't think there's anything wrong with this movie. I don't think there's a wasted scene. I think the casting is great. I think the story is great. I think the soundtrack is awesome. 
Um, yeah. All these songs I know because I've watched this movie so many times. I have not one bad thing to say about this movie. So I think I'm going to be, it might be my first and maybe only 100%. So. Oh, wow. What about, what about you, Hanzo? I'd probably give this probably a uh, solid like 90, 92%. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it pretty much captures like that perfect, you know, bond of friends going on an adventure, you know. Yeah. In more of a serious way than, you know, Goonies captures, I feel like, you know, any of those other, uh, you know, explorers that's fantasy or whatever. But yeah, this is a totally like could happen to kids, you know, back in the day, nothing else to do. Let's go on adventures, go find a body, whatever. But the the acting is so believable to the point where like, oh yeah, I truly believe that these kids were actually friends in 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 the movie and outside the movie. And uh yeah, I think it's pretty solid. And mm-hmm. it's a pretty solid Stephen King adapt- adaptation. And we've seen sure. a lot of shit ones over the years. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and you've been talking about now. I just have one more thing I want to add is that I guess they made the kids really hang out before they started filming and like do all these activities together yep. like to become friends. It's, and I think it really paid off. Oh, okay. Believe it. So, yep. um, but I do want to say just before we wrap this movie, because we'll, we'll wrap it up with your comment or your rating, Matt. Um, did you read anything about Jerry O'Connell and the cookies? Yes, I did read the trivia. You go ahead and say this one. Okay, you want to say it? All right. So there was two things of trivia I had written down. I want to make sure I said it. Um, one of them was, um, oh man, let me make sure I have this. Okay, so I'll just read it off the webpage that I found from screenrant.com. Um, let's see. After Kiefer Sutherland shared one memory of Jerry O'Connell's blunders on Jimmy Kimmel Live, Sutherland spoke about a time when O'Connell left set by tying up his babysitter and he snuck to a local fair to buy some cookies. <laughs> they found that, they, uh, unfortunately, these cookies were laced with an illegal substance. They oh. found O'Connell two hours later lost in the woods and had to shut down production for two days. <laughs> what? <laughs> that sucks, <laughs> right? That's oh amazing. My gosh. And then uh, the other trip I had, I guess there's actually a Stand By Me Day that they do in Oregon. Um, oh, yeah, we didn't talk about this, that this movie takes place in Oregon, but Castle Rock is in Maine. Maine? Like yeah. Oh yeah, totally does. I even put the yeah. Like, I forgot yeah. to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they do Stand By Me Day in Oregon, um, but I guess they do. It says for the 25th anniversary of the film, the cast revisited locations for the interviews, contests, the even outdoor screening of the film, and then the town officially declared July 23rd as the permanent Stand By Me Day in 2013, and fans return each year to celebrate. So that's cool. Not so bad. That's all I got. So I gave it a hundred. Hanzo, you gave it a ninety-two. Yeah, say 92. Okay, and Matt, what do you got? Uh, I would say 95, I, and that's honestly because I don't – I kind of keep that 100% rating very exclusive. Yeah, it's very uh, – But it's, it's super – this movie's super close. Like, there's not a thing yeah. wrong with it, and it's a very tight movie. Well, obviously, there's something cool wrong way. with it because you gave it 95%. What's wrong? Yeah, you, gave, I don't, I don't, you gave Ghost at like a 95%. Yeah, it's just weird because like I said, like I give like movies that are a hundred percent like the movies that are like my top one hundred favorites yeah. of all time. Yeah. What do you this think one of bank? Give me a hundred percent one that you have, just out of curiosity. Um The Pit. Yeah, the pit, <laughs> man. I don't know. Like I would say like heat. Heat would be like a hundred percent movie. Really? For me. I, yeah, like, I, haven't, my I haven't seen that movie begin to end since like the 90s. So I don't yeah, even. Heat's, yeah. heat's in my top 10 for sure. Um, 100%. Okay. Chef for me, Chef. 100%. Yeah. Okay. I will, I, join, I will join you on that 100%. Yeah. Perfect movie. 
perfect. Uh, yes. I think I about know, the movie and... like every other day. Oh yeah. But yeah. But go ahead, I've no, made sorry. my top 100 like several times over and there's been a lot of like changes in there, but it also gets kind of boring oh. when you're not like, you're not about... surprised by certain ones that are on there. And you're like, yeah, like lost boys is on there and it's like, but I'll never watch it ever again. Like, so it's like, should it be on sure. I yeah. can't remember what the rating was, but like, would Bride of Frankenstein be a hundred percent for you, or no? Because it's, that's not on my like top one hundred. Like, okay. my I have like three Universal movies. Oh, wait, well, actually, that might be on there. I take that back. I think there's like three Universal monster movies on there. There's no list. Of... There's no list. You're making yeah. this up. It's like Bride this. of Frankenstein, The Wolfman, and Son of Dracula <laughs> are my top Let me just three. Say, if you, if you truly, Universal monsters, if you truly loved. A movie and thought it was 100 then you would always remember it forever and ever obviously <laughs> obviously oh, wow. says, no no 100 percent. so don't cool. hunter's hunter's finishing the last line in his book <laughs> um, what's that line again uh jesus uh does anyone nobody have, ever does nobody anyone ever... have a jesus does anyone have a favorite or does it have does, does anyone have a 100 percent movie <laughs> there's a lot of backspaces there like it's a, it's, uh, I, I wrote this on a typewriter so like the words are just like over the letters jesus over. jesus jesus is anyone he's holding the e down is anyone? <laughs> <laughs> i'll be out in a second <laughs> um so would you give him that 95 yeah i give him 95 okay so clearly i mean i know we've had some higher rated ones this year that might be our most high, our highest rated episode that we. Uh, I think there. yeah, Ghost was. I think our, Ghost was our up highest. there. I think we yeah, were Ghost all was... like the exact same rating on Ghost. Ghost really? Rules. I didn't give Ghost a hundred. I didn't yeah. give it a hundred either, but it rules. Yeah, it does. So that is Stand by Me from 1986. We are going to finish out our summer. Are you happy about your hat, Hunto? Is that why you're looking at us? <laughs> yeah, I'm, re- I'm just yeah. reliving the 90s right now. Oh, okay. Um, so um, anyway. So we have one more movie to finish our summer break month. And then we're going on a little mm-hmm. bit of a hiatus just for July. Um, but we have a listener request. Hanto, tell us about this listener request for summer break. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up the month with a movie from the 80s called Back to the Beach. Okay. Oh, yeah. Do we know, do we from, know anything about this movie? From 87. I've seen it a bunch when I was a kid. It's been years since I've seen it. But it stars oh, okay. Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon. With guest appearance from ca- different people, cameos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris. Well, Chris ruined. Chris ruined one for me, and I'm yeah, really that's, pissed. That's a, pretty no, good, that's a pretty good one. Uh, yeah, I'm really I don't know how it factors into the movie, but me. I'm kind of excited to to revisit it. Sure. Yeah, he's on the record too. I, yeah. I, somebody yeah, ironically, uh, I was I meant to send it to you guys. Somebody ironically just posted it on Reddit, and they're like the the soundtrack back to the beach. Yeah, <laughs> it's really? like that's oh, awesome. okay. It also co-stars uh, 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 federal inmate Lori Laughlin, aka Aunt Becky from Full House. So, oh, <laughs> I, was just, <laughs> I was just watching her a clip the other day from that uh, Amityville movie she did with Meg Ryan. That three you're talking about three okay. D, no. I think. I think it's three D. Yeah, but it's yeah, cool. it's her and Meg Ryan in Amityville three D. Um, completely Meg random Ryan, trivia. Really, Meg Ryan being in this movie? Yeah, I'm Do like, you- I'm like three percent sure. Do you remember that, the Lori Laughlin movie uh, that Bru- her and Bruce Campbell did? Tornado? Is it, uh, is it Tornado? I don't it know. It's, tornado. It's, is it, it, is it feels like movie? Tornado to me. Yeah, I'm uh, sure it was probably a TV movie. I'm going to go with Tornado. I'm going to put okay. my money on I'm going to look it then, up really quick. And then for... Ernie Hudson was in it as the principal. 
Well, it's only really two like <laughs> Campbell stories. He was the tornado. <laughs> there, there's only really a uh, spoiler to uh, a Bruce Campbell starring uh, movie posters. One is Tornado, and the other one is from Dustle Dawn uh, to Texas Blood Money. Texas Blood Money. Oh, okay, oh, for yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Ernie Hudson, just as we run up Tornado, why we he's still never been on this podcast, right? Not like physically or any way associated with him, <laughs> but we. <laughs> We can never guess, like, Hudson I'm movie, trying right? to look this movie up and, and listen I, to you at the same time. I, I, found, I found that movie, by the way. Which what one was it? Called Blaze of Glory, the true story of a modern-day Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, I, don't know if yes. I, I don't think I saw it. I don't think I saw it. I think I saw it. I'm uh, pretty sure I saw it. Can I okay. post this in the chat? Are you post? Oh, they're going to post it on oh, Facebook. Oh, you know what? I could probably like... do... Let's see. I'm gonna look it up. It's called what is it? Blaze or Blades? Blaze. Blaze of like, Glory. A Johnny Blaze. Viewers, if you're still from. with us, <laughs> don't. We're looking up a Lori Laughlin uh, Bruce Campbell <laughs> Bruce movie. Campbell movie. All right, I'm wrapping it up while you look that up. Here. So can't I can't find it. I, I know you it. can't. Okay. This? So. <laughs> oh man, we have started screen sharing. Hey, oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, Blaze yeah. of Glory. Lori Laughlin, Bruce Campbell, Blaze of Glory, the true story of a modern day Bonnie and Clyde. They're heroes to the cops. They're a ticking time bomb. Oh, I read that is to the media, they're heroes. To the cops, they're a tickling time bomb. Oh, like, wow. Tickling? <laughs> tickling? Anyway, so Blaze. that's going to wrap up Stand <laughs> By Me 1986. <laughs> um, we are going to come back in August and we're going to do Listener Quest Month. We've gotten a lot of requests so far. Yeah. It's going great. But keep sending them because we want further down the road. Um, yeah so yeah we have about three or four we're gonna do in august and then and it's, oh, we I, should say this though august is an open month so anybody can request anything it doesn't have to be a like we're not doing a certain genre or anything so yeah what about, so that's what, I'm saying. Uh, what Just, about future yeah. future topics because we should probably get those into the uh you know like september or october that's true uh, so we, i think the sem- september was back to school month yeah which we've already got a few movies picked out for that yeah and then september october obviously we'll, yeah october is horror only but if we want um, people to request for october Scarefest, what's the yeah. what's the theme Same thing, <laughs> what is the hand motion you're doing dude and yeah. you're like <laughs> pump up the jam for october Scarefest. i'm the substitute <laughs> toot, oh, toot. we talked about it and i still want to stick with it with our theme was that we were going to do a repeat stephen king month cool yeah so right so we're going to do four more four more our heavy years. hitters our heavy four hitter that month years. is gonna be stand by me stay tuned yeah. for october scarefest um, now we're losing so yeah. the audience um and so, we yeah. always do bonus episodes in october too so that aren't related to our our subject i will say maybe we'll break our record this year because I, I listened to an october scarefest previous year and we had like something like six movies that we covered for for the month i yeah. believe it it was insane so we, yeah so maybe we could just do like three or four stevens and then like one or two whatever Mangler, get your Ted Levine. Not good. Not a good Why? movie though. Why not? Uh, it's it's rough. we'll be the judge of that. Yeah, I mean, we still have bad. like Graveyard Shift, and we talked about uh, Silver Bullet at the beginning of this episode. Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet I I'm down. Love. I talked love. to Honto about Creep Show too, just because I want to talk about like what we like from it what we don't and compare it on why it's so different than the first one. I feel like there's a lot to talk about. Creature okay. Too. That can be up um, to debate. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we'll figure <laughs> that out. I'm not doing graveyard shift. That movie is horrible. 
Uh, we watched oh, it a yeah, couple of years ago. Good. We watched it together yeah. a couple of years ago, and it was like, yeah, I think all of us fell asleep. It's it not boring. horrible because, like, okay, as a kid, it creeped me out. So it did that as a kid, totally creeped me out. Loved it. The last yeah. time we watched it, it was very slow and like it's, nothing happened. It's speaking of <laughs> the short. The, the short story is one of my legit favorite short stories ever. Mm. Speaking of uh, yeah. Monster Squad, it's got the dad as the uh, the main baddie in Graveyard Shift. The dad? Oh yeah, totally is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they say that cool song at the end. It's like the graveyard shift. To the yeah. Yeah. graveyard shift. Toot toot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was in the episode, Jesus. <laughs> Dude, he did it. He did it. Yeah. He brought it back. He did, he did the um, sex bit. But then just to round it out real quick, we have November. We're going James Bond month, which I think we'll probably already have planned out because each of us are going to pick a Bond movie and then we're going to do the new one. And then in December, we usually cover like two Christmas movies, one horror, one non-horror. That's weird, man. Like, so we got the rest of the year mapped out. We're, we're good to go. So if you have any wow. requests for any of those months, um, any Ernie Hudson movies or any- Substitute um, movies. Don't confuse. Don't confuse the viewers. <laughs> any substitute movies? Uh, substitute You're confusing the four. audience. We're going to have uh, substitute month. You pick okay. the one you want to watch. We're going we're gonna to say it clear. Uh, if you have any requests for Stephen King month in October, any requests for James Bond month in November, any requests for Christmas movies in December. Also, if you have just any requests in general, we'll be covering viewer requests in August. There you go. Dude, Perfect. You and, I can't believe you, you want, did it finally. That's nice. I can't believe, actually, oh like, my gosh. You actually like promoted. You, you did yes. it. What's the request? Hey, mm-hmm. Matt, toot toot. Matt, real toot quick. Toot toot. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> real quick trying to push that podcast yeah. <laughs> real quick what's our email cinema cold gmail at podcast.gmail <laughs> that's not my job that's your job cinema cold yeah. podcast at gmail.com or you can have on facebook.com and i actually have a real quick question for hans before yeah, I, you're saying, I have a request it's like we do Hanzo, the show do you think we can get the theme song um maybe transformed where it's done through a train whistle <laughs> a good, you know, like a like a toot toot like rendition like a, of like a cinema cracker cult. barrel presents cinema cult or like <laughs> uh like uh martin short from clifford playing that little recorder doing like the <laughs> uncle i can't think of it no not uncle, uncle, martin. Martin. Yeah. uncle martin but no thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it we love recording these but we hope you love listening to them uh, i'm chris i'm matt and i'm hanto and we catch you next time